Hello, welcome to This Week in Mormons, Sisters Edition, with your hosts, Arianne Smith. And Tiffany Hales. We're happy to be back the month of July. Uh, the month of July. Summer is roaring yes. on through. We're halfway through the longest, weirdest summer I can ever remember. <laughs> the summer that started in March. <laughs> it never ends. But... <laughs> And sadly, the way that our uh, COVID numbers are looking in Idaho, I question whether it will. Stop, I can't. I know, I can't go there. We officially, you realize, so today is the, we are recording this on the 13th of July. Our children start school on the 12th of August. Idaho, come on, you got 30 days to get this under control because Ariane and I are both in agreement that our children's little butts need to be sitting in a chair, in a desk, in a school building come August 12th. And we got to get it together, Idaho. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. So, anyways. Well, and and for me, the summer is, in some ways, it's passing rather quickly because the other thing that happens on August 12th, in addition to the children starting school, is... That is the day Shelby comes home from her mission. Right. You have a missionary have coming a missionary, home. And I know I talk about this every month, but, um, you know, I just have to kind of explain to our listeners because I am guessing probably the majority of our listeners are in a much younger demographic than I am. Not that I consider myself old because I certainly don't. But, um, you know, this is my second missionary that I've sent out and is coming home. And I have to tell you folks so when you have a baby, you know, probably about month seven, eight, the whole nesting thing kicks in. I love that part. I, that is like really the only legitimate reason to be pregnant is the, is the nesting part. That's there's, the best part. There's no other legitimate reason. Until the reason. baby comes. Of course, that's the best part. Well, yeah. But before yeah. that, the nesting is the only good part. The nesting is really the only good part of pregnancy. So I have to tell you, there is nesting round two. And round two nesting happens when you have a missionary that is returning home. You know, when you are giving birth to a baby, you want to get your home all ready for the introduction of this sweet little spirit into uh -huh. your house. When you're bringing a missionary back, it is the very same thing. You want to get your home ready for the introduction of this sweet little missionary spirit <laughs> back into your house. Well, this is fascinating. Well, it really is, because let me tell you, the baby doesn't care if your house is clean. And neither does the missionary, <laughs> but the mom does. And so I have like seriously been out of control, deep cleaning my house. You've had a burst of energy. I've had a burst of energy. And, and it's a really good way to deal with like the excitement of her coming home. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, is this ever going to happen? You know, she's been out for almost 18 months. And the other thing that's really nice about it is all those little projects around your house mm -hmm. that like need to be done that you keep putting off. This is good impetus to get that project done. My husband's honey to honey do list is like, like miles long. Nice. But you know what? He enjoys the nesting with me. So he's not he's not minding when I say, Hey, you know, this is something I can't do by uh -huh. myself. Can you can you help me with this? So I know last month when we I think it was last month, one of our favorite things was the Go Clean Instagram. Yes. So seriously, folks, if you haven't not looked at the Go Clean Instagram, go look at the Go Clean Instagram. Go clean co. Go yes. Clean Co. And I've been using so many of her techniques to deep clean my house, and they legit work. Nice. So anyway, so yes, I'm very much in the nesting phase of getting my house all prepared for my daughter to come home. So exciting. Very exciting. All right. Well, maybe next month when we podcast, you can tell us about 
The return of a missionary. Well, you know, it's going to depend because our schedule right now, we might podcast just shortly before she comes home. Mm. Um, just depending right. on when our, when our schedule lands, it'll right. either be shortly before she comes home or right after she comes home. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Anyway. Okay. Well, I guess we should get on to some of the Mormon news stories of the week. Well, that is why we're here. <laughs> I do have to tell you, I might need to come with a warning label tonight. As you know, cause we've been sitting here chatting for a little while. For some reason, I'm a little surly tonight. <laughs> it's like the nesting and the COVID and all the things. I, I, I really think it is. And the 13 year old just kind of set me off tonight. I'm just kind of in a really surly mood. So, you know, I apologize. Probably not though for anything that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> well, this should be fun. It could be very fun. <laughs> okay. Well, Mormon news stories. It's been like a bit of a slow week. But not without controversy. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> so, but we'll start off with a non-controversial story. Okay. So, well, that depends because I have a lot to say about this first oh, story. Oh, you do like this one? Yes. Okay. Well, the church announced this week that they are giving a new name. Well, they didn't announce it; they kind of slipped it in quietly. Yeah, it was just kind of like a change on their website. But Jeff caught it, and he yes. wrote an article about it for This Week in Mormons. Yes, the website. And the Washington County, Utah Temple, um, outside of St. George, yes. that is under construction, is getting a new name. And they are going to call it Red Cliffs, Utah Temple, yes. instead of Washington County, Utah Temple. And this is very interesting, because I think for the majority of time, our temples have been named after cities. Yes, geographic Location right. that you could like Google on a map. Right. So you, you know, you can Google Meridian, Idaho yes. on a map and easily in your mind, you know where it is, where it right. is. Um, but this is like a new, this is possibly a new trend because Jeff pointed out that another temple recently did this. The one that is going to be in California in Yuba city, Yuba city is going to be called the feather river, California temple. It's a bit fancy. <laughs> I think Jeff likes it. I think you yes. don't. You what, have Jeff? feelings. I do. That that sigh was me going. I do not like this. I want the <laughs> geographic name. When I hear Red Cliffs Temple, I'm not going to go. Oh, Saint George, Utah. I, I, I need a geographic name for reference. When I hear what Feather River Temple, right? First of all, I'm never going to remember that, <laughs> and. I'm not going to think Yuba City. I'm going to no. go Feather River. Where in the world is Feather River? I feel like this only aids the locals. Exactly. It only aids the locals. <laughs> and I also feel like this will probably only be happening in the U.S., don't you think? Oh, yeah. And in the Western U.S., where there are multiple temples True. in you know well, the same geographical area. Because you would never do this like... Outside of Chicago, you yeah. would just call it the Chicago Temple, exactly. right? Well, that was kind know. of Jeff's beef with the wa- when mm-hmm. when they just kept referring to it as the Washington County Temple. Is you know we have the St. George Temple, so you know what do you call it, St. George Number Two? You know, and and mm-hmm. you know I, I get that Washington County is you know kind of plain, but I don't know. I don't know how I'm, I'm, I'm not on board with the Red Cliffs. I'm, I'm I'm grumpy about that. No bueno for you. No bueno for me. <laughs> All right. Let's pick another geographic location. Well, in other temple news, uh, this one's kind of a fun one. If you go on to Deseret News this week, you can see some pictures of what's going on with the Salt Lake Temple renovation. So it's been six months since they started it, and they have just some pictures of them taking it down. 
they are really, really just in the very beginning stages of this still. Piece by piece. Piece by piece. So there's all this scaffolding around all of like the spires and it's because they're gently, delicately taking them down and they are trying to, they're just doing a ton of prep work to yeah. get down to the foundation. Like, I think it may take them two years just to take <laughs> the thing apart before they can even start building it. I know, it's crazy. It's like the most giant Lego structure in the world being taken apart and put back together. <laughs> so Now, I'd like to see the instruction manual on that. Have you ever tried putting Legos together with the instruction manual? <laughs> Inevitably, you're like, I can't find this piece. I I I swear it didn't come with this piece. Yeah. So it's just going to be really interesting to see as it goes. I hope they keep posting lots of pictures. I'm sure they will for historical purposes and to keep us all informed. But yeah, they're taking it down to the foundation. And it talked about how they even had to bring in like special air conditioning units to put in there to control the temperature and humidity while they go through this process. So they don't ruin any of the original wood that they want to preserve. Exactly. So very interesting. They're just being super delicate. So it kind of makes you wonder. And again, I think maybe I can't remember if we've referenced this on another podcast. So we know this is a four year project. So are we safe to say, okay, we got at least four years before we have to worry about said coming. If the temple's not even ready yet. (laughs) Do I dare go there? I don't know. I hope we have at least four years. Not according to Lori Vallow. Well, true that. According to Lori Vallow, you have about... We have about a week left. Yeah. Give or take a day or two. I don't know in my present state, that might be good. It will not need to be relieved from me. All right. Um, Our next case... The United States Supreme Court. Of course, the lawyer is going to cover the United States Supreme Court. Yep, this one's yours. So they issued a decision this week on religious liberties. What had happened is there was a Catholic school, and there were teachers, obviously, in the Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And so the question was... Uh, do those teachers fall under the ministerial exception, which is a carve out from certain civil rights and non, um, discrimination laws? The ministerial exception, uh, the court held in his, in its decision does not apply, does not in fact apply to key employees within the religious organization beyond, or does in fact apply to key employees within the religious organization, just beyond pastors and ministers. So they said, you know, it includes teachers. They fall under that. Okay. And here's where they cited the Doctrine and Covenants. So this is Judge Alito, who is writing the court's decision. Mm -hmm. And he points out the way in which instruction and learning pervade faith-based traditions, referencing Catholicism, Judaism, Protestantism, Islam, and Seventh-day Adventist Church. Alita also notes, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has a long tradition of religious education with roots in revelations given to Joseph Smith. See Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, section 93, verse 36. So there you go. This is fascinating. This is so fascinating. And that's the scripture that, of course, uh, that, you know, rep, that you see when you go into BYU that talks mm-hmm. about, you know, the, the glory of God is intelligence. Um, in other words, you know, truth and light. And so, um, 
This is apparently not the first time the church has been referenced. There have been times um, back in the late 1800s when they had all sorts of polygamy decisions that referenced uh-huh. the church. But, you know, to have a decision that came out recently that says, hey, go read their Doctrine and Covenants. Right. They're all about education as part of their very interesting tenets of religion. That he put like a direct... I know. Like, and reference the scripture. In there. Very fascinating. Very fascinating. So I would love to... I would love to see the behind scenes, right? Of like the research and how that oh, made it yeah, in and exactly. like what, what influenced that in yeah. his, in his writing. Exactly. So I, this makes me wonder a lot of those justices mm-hmm. have that, well, they all have law clerks, right? BYU is considered one of the best law schools in the nation. Uh, a number of BYU graduates have clerked for Supreme Court justices. Um, and they don't have one clerk. They have multiple clerks right. because, you know, that's, that's just how they roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, heaven forbid, should they do any research? Not that they can't do research because they're very capable of it. Trust me. You don't get to the Supreme Court and, and not be capable. Right. But it kind of makes me wonder, does he have a law clerk right now who is a member of the church who said, Yo, Justice, right. let me just tell you what I know. And the ju- and Alito went, hmm, hmm, because mm-hmm. that's, that's a, and again, I don't know who his it's, law clerks are yeah, right now. Yeah, it's so specific. It's so specific that it wouldn't surprise me if he did have a law clerk who was a member of the church. Oh, I feel like And that's how this to. all came back. I would love to know. I know. I if would I, love if to anybody know knows. If anybody knows, does Judge Alito currently have an LDS law clerk? <laughs> we want the inside scoop. We, you know, it's probably something we could have looked up, but I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. <laughs> right. Okay, so next article, um, this was an article about the first ever virtual for the Strength of Youth Conference. So we know that the church is planning, was originally planning to transition. No more EFYs. From EFY to this For the Strength of Youth program that was to start this summer and will be on a rotation and available to all youth in the church every few years. I don't know what the rotation yeah. was. Anyway. Well, and theoretically, it was supposed to be a physical thing right. like EFY. A physical thing like EFY where you go and you stay on campus. Yeah. I wasn't ever sure if it was like you actually stay on campus or it's like a day camp thing. But whatever Either it way. was, in person for a week with the youth in your area. Yes. So obviously, in person was not happening this year, but they decided to do a virtual for the strength of youth for um, the territories in the Caribbean. Oh. So it says that 3,000 youth and friends of the faith from more than 27 countries and territories in the Caribbean participated in the first ever five-day virtual for the Strength of Youth Conference. So they had, you know, speakers, musical numbers, um, all, all that. And then they also, I thought this was really interesting. They still had their counselors because, you know, in EFY, yes. you have a counselor that leads your small group. They still had these counselors who are, you know, young 20 somethings who they've called and they still broke them into small groups and they had their little group discussions virtually. Ooh. So it said they would have like a big event where they would all virtually listen to a speaker and then they would break out into their little smaller groups with their counselor, discuss it, have scripture study virtually with these small groups. And it said uh, some of the interactions were done through WhatsApp. I don't even know what WhatsApp is. (laughs) 
I have no I've, idea. I've heard of it. Don't know how it works. So, and it no clue. it mentioned that they were using many different forms of technology. Well, plus to there were a bunch of different languages that all the kids yep. spoke. They tra- had to translate it into several different languages. Um, anyway, they said it was a great experience. They said not only members of our church youth participated, but many of them invited their friends. Uh, from other faiths, and Ooh. some of them even tuned in. So it sounds like it was a success. Kind of, it's kind of cool that they tried it out. They tried it out to figure out a way to still do it. Hopefully, by next summer, it will be in person again. But I was hoping by this fall, we wouldn't be where we're at. We are. So <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I've kind of resigned myself, I'm thinking, to the, to the new normal. No, no. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of which, okay, we we have to delve into face masks. We don't necessarily <sighs> want to delve into face masks, but that has been. If you have been on our Facebook page, when I say our, I mean the This Week in Mormons Facebook right. page. This week, uh, there have been. A ri- there's been three posts on face masks. Right. And all three of those posts have fueled the flames of I a know. raging debate. Why? Didn't Jeff just talk about face masks last week? Yes, he did. It won't go away. No, face, it won't go away. The face mask controversy will not die. Why can it not just die? And I thought it would die this week because the Utah area presidency came yes. out and encouraged all Utahns. Oh, no, that just fueled it. To wear your mask. Like, yes. this is coming from a church, official church. Like, you'd think yes. that would be the end all be all. Like, okay, now this has, this has come from Revelation. Yes. Let's wear our masks and shut up about it. <laughs> well, let's go in chronological order here of the mask debacle this week. Because technically, the... The statement from the Utah area authority was the, the, the middle, the, the number two in a series of three posts. Okay. Okay. Go back to beginning. So the first post, this is a meme that is going around that you may or may not have seen. Um, there is, it has two face masks. It says the COVID-19 face mask and the word of wisdom shield. And so you look at the COVID-19 face mask and first of all, it has 666 on it. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Um, oh, I guess it does say right here, biblical mark of the beast. Um, that if you wear it, you smell your own breath. Um, it's anti-American. Yes. Needed by healthcare workers slash Illuminati actors. Right. And it violates your first amendment rights. Um, can't put your full mouth on a drinking fountain. You can't pray when the mask, when a mask is in the way, scientifically proven, of course. <laughs> then you have the a similar mask with the word of wisdom shield, and it has CTR. Outward assignment, a sign of an inward commitment. Keep swig soda burps under control. <laughs> okay, my favorite was then it says prevents coffee fumes from entering the body. <laughs> So these two masks are side by side on this meme. And I yes. thought, I thought it was quite clever and funny. I thought it was, I thought it was hilarious, but it generated some Facebook comments. And so I just want to go through some of the Facebook comments that it generated that I thought were, um, freaking hilarious. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Okay. So we've got one here. We have a, um, Christopher Christopher Randall Nicholson said, remember when Jesus said, love your neighbor unless it inconveniences your life or infringes, infringes on your narcissism in any way? Me neither. 
Um, it says, yes, please do not wear a mask. That way when COVID ravages your body and either kills you or cripples your lung function, you'll not be able to, able to spread this flavor of idiocy anymore. Oh my. And, um, let's see. Oh, I love this one. You know, what's really uncomfortable? My bra, but I still wear it in public. Not for me, for others. <laughs> now, I can really appreciate that because, well, let's just say I was blessed. And so ain't no one want to see those babies flopping around. They need to be strapped down. So I always wear a bra in public because, yes, not for me. I know what they look like, but I'm saving you the embarrassment <laughs> of having to see it. So I thought that one was really good. I really liked that one. Oh, man. So people are just going at it in these comments. They are so going at it at like, these comments. at each other's throats, yes. right? With the whole mask debate. And here's another funny one. This is a meme that Kristen Johnson put up in the comments. Mm -hmm. She says, so if you can't stand a face mask over your face, I assume you now support breastfeeding without a cover. <laughs> because you remember we've had the, the discussion on right. multiple occasions. Yes. Is it appropriate to whip it out in sacrament meeting and start right. feeding the baby? Or are members going to be aghast, aghast at the pornography you are displaying <laughs> by feeding your child the way God intended your child to be fed? Oh, my goodness. This is bringing up so many feelings for so many people. But I just laugh because I'm kind of guessing the anti-maskers are probably, again, I am generalizing, I realize this, that the anti-maskers are probably falling into that group of, well, you must cover up and go be in the corner if you're going to nurse. It's modesty. <laughs> Yet mothers have said, my baby didn't want something over its face. Well, guess what? If my baby doesn't want something over its face, you don't want something over your face, <laughs> neither does my baby. That's right. Anyway. So, oh goodness. So that was, that was mask debate number one. So that one. was debate number one on the face, on the twin face, face, twin Facebook page. Then on Friday, right. I think it was Friday, the Utah area presidency, uh, issued a statement. So COVID is a little out of control in Utah. You know, they kind of opened things up in Utah and people went crazy. And so COVID has been out of control. So they issued this lovely little statement and um, the Utah area presidency, the Utah area president is a gentleman by the name of Craig C. Christensen. He's a wonderful man. He has spoken in conference. He is on my short list. Mark my words, folks. He's on my short list for apostleship someday. Is that the guy that used to be your neighbor? He did. When I moved into Provo, he and his wife lived across the street oh. from me. And, uh, if you think he's great, you should meet his wife. He is the man who he is because his wife is like mind blowing. She's mm -hmm. just like the coolest person and nicest person on the planet. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he's on my short list. So he, he issues a little statement that says, he says, a growing chorus of medical authorities has confirmed that a simple wearing of a face covering when in public and when social distancing is not possible will significantly reduce the spread of COVID. This is true both indoors and outdoors. We note with appreciation the care exhibited by our members in returning to sacrament meeting wearing face masks. And he says... Now we ask all Latter-day Saints in Utah area to be good citizens by wearing face coverings when in public. Doing so will help promote the health and general welfare of all. Mm -hmm. 
So he drops this statement on Friday. And let me tell you, folks, it drops like a bomb. You thought the Utahns flipped the flip out about their earthquake in March? You remember when they had an earthquake in (laughs) March? And they just totally lost it. Oh, no. Earthquake ain't got nothing on the mask debate. Okay. They lost it. Yes. And it became so polarizing. You know, either you're with them or you're against them. You know. And so some of, again, some of the comments that we had on our page, which again is nothing compared to, you know, you really want to get on a fun debate, go, go read KSL or Salt Lake Tribune or, you know, any of those pages. Thousands of comments for, for their comments. Um, and so, um, there was, let's see, um, People questioning, you know, hey, well, they're just an area authority, you know, right. what what do they have to say about it? Um, and somebody said, I had to stop reading the Twitter responses. It was driving me crazy. So many people saying, well, it's not the first presidency. Mm-hmm. This should be a rule for the whole church. You know, many places where the church can't, can, can start meeting again are in cultures with a strong sense of shared responsibility where masks are worn. Mm-hmm. And someone else pointed out, you realize President Nelson lives in Utah. Right. And that probably he was aware of what the Utah area authority was going to put out there. And in all likelihood, if he had a problem with it, he probably would have stopped it. Right. <laughs> this is just such an interesting social experiment to me. Yes. And it it's kind of like the perfect storm, I think, for us as members of the church. Well, I mean, this debate is going over all across America. Yeah. Members of the church are not members of the sure. church. And I think part of it is our American sense of like freedom and all of that is really getting to people. And then I think when you're LDS, you add another layer of like this and especially with all of the religious freedom exactly things that have been in the press recently freedom of religion in regards to covid and i think people get a little panicky and i don't under personally don't understand it <laughs> but <laughs> people are going nuts and it's kind of like the perfect storm and i think we as members just based on the way we are raised and the ideology and the like freedoms that are so ingrained yeah, in us. Exactly. People tend to take this the wrong way. Yeah. And just like let it hit not where it's meant to be. <laughs> it's it it's just crazy. And and kind of the straw that broke the camel's back in this debate was there was someone and the name has been blocked out. And so this is a comment that was made somewhere on social mm-hmm. media. And I don't know if this was made on one of the news sites or where it was made because the name is blocked out. I, 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 let me, I, I want to share a couple thoughts about the name being blocked out. First of all, I wish the name wasn't blocked out because I would like to know who this was to see if this is an actual person right. or if this someone is, or if this is just someone fueling the right. fire. Trying to stir the pot. Because, and, and Jeff has screenshotted this comment mm-hmm. and he put it up on the Facebook page and it says, 
Utah area presidency, you are dead wrong, and I will not be wearing a face mask. I'm disgusted by the response of the local church leaders in Utah. We are charged to protect liberty, and that is the only real thing in danger right now. Maybe you should check yourself, area presidency, and see if you're doing the Lord's bidding or if you're a bunch of spineless cowards not not rocking the boat. And then he goes on to talk about masks being an issue of religious liberty. Which just feeds into the whole talk that right. Elder Bednar had, yes. which that's, you know, we've beaten that horse to death in a couple podcasts ago by other hosts. Right. But I mean, he, po- he posted this and, and that just was like somebody dropped a, a, a bomb, you right. know, a nuclear bomb on this debate. And then the internet really lost and it. And then pe- more people are going crazy yes. and battling it out on the internet. <laughs> well, and I don't know about you. I, I am so, I am having mask fatigue. Uh I don't know if that makes any sense at all. I do not like to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm straight up about that. Right. But I don't think anybody likes it. There are certain situations in my life where I have to wear a mask. Uh The Supreme Court for the state of Idaho says, if you're going to grace the doorstep of our courthouses, you're going to have a mask on. Well, I'd like to continue living. Right. Earning my, you know, earning a living and keeping my job. So I'm like, okay, I did a trial last week, seven hours with a mask on. Wasn't pleasant, but I did it. But like, for example, when Costco made their mask policy, I made a decision. I don't want to wear a mask. I'm not going to go to Costco. I wasn't bitter or angry at Costco. Right. That's their choice. Just like it's my choice to go, you know what? I'm going to order my Costco stuff online. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, Rather than buy it at Costco, I'm going to go get a delivery from Walmart, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I guess what frustrates me in this debate is kind of the lack of personal responsibility sometimes that gets lost in it to say, you know, people have choices, right? Businesses have choices. Yeah. Just the entitlement. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So where are you on mass debate? Um, You know what? I am, I am just fine. I, I don't, I'm, I'm all for the masks. Yeah. If they're going to help. Yeah. I am a hundred percent here for it. I'm wearing them whenever I'm, you know, going out Mm -hmm. to the store or going anywhere. I'm not wearing them outside while I'm exercising. Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to wear them outside. I'm not like that extreme, but if they say, and you know, they say that they work when everybody wears them because it's like a double layer of protection. If it helps, I'll do it. And I don't think it's a big deal. And I don't feel like anybody's infringing do you on feel my like freedoms. Do you feel like your religious liberties are being no. challenged here? No. People are taking things out of context completely. It has zero, zero to do with the religious freedom thing. No. Like, I do not. I just, I just can't. Well, and it just, sometimes I wonder if it feeds into like the whole conspiracy thing, because, you know, right now there's a coin shortage. And so I've seen conspiracy theorists going, oh, look at the Bible. They testify that we will be a moneyless society. Uh-huh. You know, coins are going away. Right. This is all. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's because nobody is spending money. What's well, a twofold problem for the coin shortage? They're not making coins because they had to delay production due to COVID. And normally when you go out and spend money, you're using coins and coins are circulating, mm-hmm. but people aren't using their coins. They're using their debit cards because it's contactless. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I do want to share before we close this debate on the mask thing, because I, you know, I just have to, well, a couple things on the mask thing. I just have to 
when I see it on my social media feed, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I am, how do I explain this? I am so just exhausted from yeah. the debate because there is so much on both sides, whether it's masks, whether it's whatever related to COVID, you know, you've got one scientific study that says this, you've got another scientific study mm-hmm. that says that. And, um, uh, one of my friends, I had a Facebook post. And I want to tell you about her Facebook post because I'm like, this is the most nicest, kindest, well thought out thing I've read on Facebook about this debate. Uh-huh. She um, has she has some lung capacity issues, uh-huh. so she is at extremely high risk if she were to get COVID. Right. Um, her family had had some trips planned; they had to cancel those, and so she had put on this Facebook post about you know I'm trying to find a balance. I'm trying uh-huh. to find a balance between living my life and staying safe because I don't want this disease, uh, protecting myself, but respecting the rights of others. And so, you know, she said, she said, look, I wear a mask when I'm out because I want to protect myself and Mm -hmm. others. She's like, I'm never going to ask you or shame you or anything for not wearing a mask. If you wear one, then it makes me feel good because Mm -hmm. then I feel even more protected. But again, I'm not going to take that choice or shame you for not, for not doing that. Mm -hmm. And so my bishop wrote a response to her post and I just loved what he said because I just, this is, this is why he's like, I will never have a, have a bishop better than him because he's just so, I don't know. He just gets it. He mm-hmm. says, um, my brother had COVID. He's also immunosuppressed. He ran a fever for 10 days, pretty tired and no lung involvement. I think if it's going to get you, then it's going to happen. His was mild, but very at risk. Hard to say exactly what makes it deadly to some and a mild flu to others. Mm-hmm. Keep living and prepare to meet God. That's what we're here for. He wants us to live and he can pull us home at any time. And that would be glorious as would living a good long life is glorious. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I so appreciated just kind of that sense of reason that he brought to it that, um, you know, there's just a lot out there. And so we need to focus on being the best ourselves. And I've also thought about, you know, President Nelson's campaign for Hear Him. Right. You know, when when the hashtag first came out and it was like, hear him. You know, Mm -hmm. I I kind of thought of it. There's this NBC show called um, Manifest, Mm -hmm. where like all the passengers on a plane and there's a whole time travel thing. And, um, you know, kind of this seems to sound awful. The Hear Him campaign kind of reminded me of like this Manifest show and Uh all the things associated with this Manifest show. So I kind of had a hard time taking it seriously. Uh But now I'm like, that was so inspired because with all of the voices that are out there giving so much information going both ways. Yeah. And we're sitting here trying to sort it out. How's the best way to sort it out? Get down on our knees, read our scriptures and hear him. Yeah, that's really true. It can just be so overwhelming Yeah, to read comments on news articles or Facebook. It's a very dangerous place these days <laughs> to be on Facebook. Such a dangerous place. Um, it'll be really interesting to see if our Idaho... Area presidency eventually follows suit. Yeah. Because our numbers are similar mm-hmm. when you compare per capita. Right. Uh, at, here, at least here in the Boise area, yeah. not throughout the state. Yeah. But at least here in the Boise area, if you compare per capita our COVID numbers, we might even be ahead of Utah mm-hmm. in terms of per capita. But yeah. um, So it'll be interesting to see if, if our area presidency comes out within the next yeah. month and does the same thing. And if they do, will there be as much as a... 
of a freak out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It'll, we'll see. We didn't freak out as much in Idaho when we had our earthquake. <laughs> so maybe we'll be more better. Maybe we'll be better behaved than Utah. I don't know. So. Uh, all right. I'll get off my mask soapbox. All right. Well, another kind of COVID related I feel like everything is COVID related. And There's nothing in our life. Every, every single thing in our life right now has is being touched by COVID. So sorry. So sorry, everyone. Um, but this was a good article. This was put out by the church news and it was about Elder Suarez. They've been doing these um, kind of a s- series where they've had members of the Quorum of the Twelve um, give counsel and advice and kind of share what's been going on in their lives at this time. And so this was an article about, El- which is kind of fascinating. Yeah, it is really their interesting. Their lives have really come to a halt oh, yeah. compared to what they normally do. Oh yeah. They've had major like changes. 180. So, so elder Suarez was sharing in this article, how his experiences during the pa- uh, pandemic have enhanced his Sabbath day observance. Okay. This was very inspiring because I really had to think, Hmm. I don't necessarily if I would know if I would call my current Sabbath day experience enhanced. Okay. Well, I want to talk about that. <laughs> but so let's talk about what he said. I'm inspired by reading how his has become enhanced okay. and hopeful that mine can become more. Okay. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Um, he just said that COVID-19 is changing his way of thinking. Um, he's learning new ways to be better prepared for other challenges that might come in the future. He's seeing things he hasn't seen before, and he is feeling more inclined to think of other people. Which and reach out to them. That is exactly what Elder Holland said when he did a similar thing. Yeah, he was like, "I'm worrying more about my neighbors." Right. Yeah, I'm more concerned for others, and I'm like, "Hello, I think you were pretty concerned beforehand." I know, but it is interesting with these general authorities and these apostles for them. This is probably the first time in many, many years that they have had a chance to be at home and really think about the immediate people around them. Exactly. And not because they don't care, but because they're on the go. Yeah. Right? So he he did mention that um, and that he has been learning ways to be creative and reaching out to other people um, and to people that they minister to. It's bizarre to think about... Uh, them having actual ministering actual ministering assignments, but I'm sure he also is referencing people in general. I mean, yeah. they minister to everybody. Exactly. So um, he also talked about uh, their Sabbath day and how it is specifically on the Sabbath day becomes such a special day to them. Um, and they're really taking it very seriously with their Sunday worship and really thinking about what they can do in their home to draw closer to the Savior on that day. They're taking the time to, you know, kind of prepare themselves ahead of time. And for them, they mentioned that um, the Sabbath day is a gift, um, not a burden. And for for them, they mentioned that this is the first time in many years that he is actually home on the Sabbath and not traveling. And I'm sure the wives of these apostles are probably just really enjoy that. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know because think about this. So, and, and most of the time I think the wives do travel with them. Occasionally uh-huh. they don't. But if you have a spouse that works out of town or is gone for periods of time, you kind of get used to being on your own. That's and then they true. come home and you're like, you're messing my mojo. That's true. When are you leaving again? <laughs> That's true. 
That is true. Anyway, he talked about how he and Sister Suarez have spent more Sundays together um, because most of his assignments now on Sunday are video conferences. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have a lot more time and that just they have really been focused on the Savior at this time and how they can, you know, use the atonement and use the Savior to get through trials and how they can really make the Sabbath solely focused on him. That's and cool. I, I am sure that's easier to do when you're not, you know, rushing to meetings like he usually is and, and traveling. You don't and have little kids. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Well, well, tell me from your perspective, you know, I mean, we are, cause I've thought about this. Uh-huh. We are, you know, uh, let's see, what are we four months into this now? Right. Uh, where we've, where we're, you know, we're not, going to church. We're not doing our regular thing. Sabbath has looked different. Right. So what has Sabbath looked like at your house? You know, it is a little bit different every week. I can't say it's the same every week. Okay. Um, and maybe that's our problem. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing something. So okay. the consistency is there. It just looks different from week to week, uh-huh. depending on what's going on. Our ward does Zoom meetings twice a month. Uh-huh. Our ward is still not meeting. Let me tell you this, because this has been something over the past probably month or two that has been really hard for me to wrap my head around. And we talked about it, I think, a little bit last time we podcasted, just that, and I know Jeff has talked about it in the podcast, we are so used to the church being so correlated and everything coming yeah. from Salt Lake City, every yes. especially regard in regards to Sunday. Exactly, right? wards have their own. You know, they make their own decisions about their youth programs yeah. and things like that. But when it comes to Sunday worship, you our, will not deviate right. from what Salt Lake tells you. Our whole lives have been set in a pattern, and it's a pattern that has come from Salt Lake, and it has been a pattern that is the same worldwide. Yes, and so it's been really interesting to see um, locally what the difference and now we've been given this freedom right Lo- yes. locally to do what we need to do yeah. for our wards and when they first came out with you know the reopening plan they said you know it'll be up to area authority your, your area authority so i assumed that like the whole valley would be on the same plan because i'm used to being on the same plan <laughs> well and we do all fall under the same uh, umbrella of the area authority so but now i am realizing like over the past couple months if, as things have started to open up they have given way more leeway to stakes and wards yeah. than i thought and just here in our valley where we have a good number of saints. Yeah. So there's a good number of different wards and stakes to compare to. There, It's all over the place. It is all over the place. Some wards have gone back. Some have not. My stake is not even all on the same page. Some wards in my stake have gone back. And, and other some wards have are not. Like, nah. And my stake is like in an interesting position because we have – some of our members live in the city of Boise and some of our members live in the city of Meridian. We kind of border the two cities. Yes. City of Boise has like a whole face mask like requirement Edict. thing. Yes. And they also have a lower number of allowed people to gather in True. groups. City of Meridian does not. So, you know, the buildings in our- Because, you know, the virus knows. I know. 
<laughs> the virus knows where the dividing line is between exactly. Meridian and, and, and Boise. Exactly. So, you know. It's only going to stay in that evil town of Boise. Not only are are the wards and, like, stakes not all doing the same thing, also are, like, city like politicians are not on the same page, but <laughs> neither are our health districts, <laughs> but that's I, a whole other discussion. I'm sure this is happening all across America. So, um, so it's been just really interesting in our sick, the buildings, the words that go in the buildings in Boise, I have heard are not meeting the ones that go in Meridian are meeting. We, our ward lives in Boise, but we go to a building in Meridian and we were supposed to meet for the first time last Sunday. Okay. And, um, canceled and yeah. did, did a Zoom meeting, which I'm totally fine. I, whatever my bishop is comfortable with and decides, I am like a hundred percent. Let me tell you, you're not going to give your bishop grief. Oh, I will not give my bishop grief. He can tell me to wear a mask. He can say, no, we're doing Zoom church for next month. That's a good thing because I'm sure your bishop has enough grief right <laughs> now. Well, let he me doesn't tell you, need more grief. I know. This is what a time to be a bishop, oh, right? My heart hurts for my bishop. He is such, I mean, you, I mean, obviously I've talked about him multiple times on here. He's such a good man and you can feel the love yeah. that he has for the people in our ward and he is being pulled in so many different directions. And my heart just, I mean, I pray for him every night. My heart just hurts. I know. Because what a, what a challenging, what a challenging time. So I'm with you. It's a tough call. If he told me to wear a mask, whatever he told me to do, I'd do it. Yeah, totally. I feel for them. And I know he's, it's such a delicate balancing act of trying to help the people that, I mean, there are people that are hurting to go back to church that really, really need need it. it. And like, especially, you know, you think about part member families yeah. or single parents or just, you know, families that have different, you yeah. know, new converts. Yeah. They're not in a position where no. home church is necessarily going to be, you know, their number one yeah. choice or the best for them spiritually right now. So he's balancing all that. So, so we have not gone back and we are not, I don't know if we'll go back anytime soon, but we are doing two Zoom meetings a month just with speakers. And then we're on our own the other two Sundays. So so we have something every Sunday and I've, Mm -hmm. I've talked about that before, but you know, one of the things I've wondered about, you know, when all is said and done, theoretically, maybe at some point in time, we go back to church. Mm -hmm. How is this going to, who's going to, is everybody going to go back to church? What kind of a weeding effect is this whole thing having? Are some people going, wow, I really like Sunday off, you know? know. And so I'm curious how that's all going to play out. I know. It'll be interesting to see. And I worry about that. If there are people who are on the fence, Yeah, now would be a really easy time. To slip through the cracks. To slip out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know there really are some people very active that just love home church. Yeah. My opinion, they're probably all empty nesters. (laughs) But what do I know? Hey, I am with you. Anybody that has small kids. <laughs> no, it's fine. And I mean, we have good Sundays that we feel are very successful. And we have other Sundays well, that we feel like we're a total bust. And but isn't that kind of like going to church anyway? You yeah. have some Sundays where you get a lot out of sacrament meeting and meetings and other Sundays where you're like, well, I checked the box for being there right. today. It's true. And honestly, I feel at this point like... 
if we were to go back and some of the stories that I'm hearing from people who have gone Mm -hmm. back are, it's very different. It's a very fast meeting. You're there for 45 minutes. You're not really supposed to talk to anyone. You don't sing the hymns. You're there to take the sacrament, listen to a couple speakers, get out. (laughs) So when I think about that, I'm like, you know what? Am I really missing out? Do I really need to go back right now? Because what I am missing the most, I do miss, you know, hearing other people's yeah. testimonies and and the lessons and just the, you know, community of being together as saints. But what I am missing the most right now are the programs for my kids. Yeah. That's what I'm I, really missing I too. because I feel I'm, like I need that support. And I know we're focused on, you know, teach from the home mm-hmm. and that's where that should come from first, yeah. which I totally agree with. But there is something to be said for the support that you get for your kids from exactly. their youth leaders, exactly. from their primary teachers. Exactly. That goes a long ways because yeah. when they hear the gospel from other people besides their parents, exactly, it really can help. Exactly. <laughs> so. No, I, I, I completely, I 100% I agree I, with you there. And, uh, uh, that's the thing that I'm noticing that I'm missing mm-hmm. more than anything else too, is, you know, I just feel like my 13 year old just feels really disconnected from her young women group right mm-hmm. now. And yeah. that's, that's sad for me. Yeah. I, I wish it, that weren't the case, but it is what it is. Yep. We'll get there eventually. We'll get back. All right. Well, I am going to touch on our next story, which is by Elder Oopdorf, and I will make this really quick. Um, he released this on July 9th, and um, he's, of course, talking about COVID. And he says, um, since the pandemic began, we often hear the term social distancing, implying that we should keep a certain distance between ourselves and other people. Personally, I prefer the term physical distancing rather than social distancing. And he goes on to talk about ways to um, stay connected and how media tools will help us uh, stay connected. And one of the most interesting things he said, which I really liked in this article, is he said, um, During the last 20 years, Harriet and I have had a little head start on what it means to be physically distant from our loved ones. When my calling transferred us from Germany to Salt Lake, we expected to live here for just a few years. For the first 10 years, we even kept our home in Germany, hoping to return to family and friends one day. But as you know, we are still here and we will stay here. I never even thought about that. I mean, Mm -hmm. here is this couple that, I mean, Germany is where they grew up. It's where they met, where they fell in love, where he worked. And he's being asked with his church calling to move thousands of miles away. Oh, yeah, this will be temporary. We'll be back. Right. Never happened. And so I thought, wow, he really does understand what it means to be physically distant. Mm -hmm. But what I really liked in his remarks is he said, mask your face, don't mask your heart. And he's Mm -hmm. saying, you know, when you connect with others, even if it is just through media, make sure that you're discussing your feelings and sharing those innermost thoughts so that uh, you can connect and and reach out and help people. So, right. Hmm. Shout out to one of my faves. Good one. Okay. Next article we have, this was in the Tribune this week, uh, Salt Lake Tribune by Jenna Reese. And she is talking about how she said that In the past uh, few weeks, she's seen two examples of local leaders who sent shaming letters to members that they believe have left the church. Um, So I thought this was interesting. I don't know what article she's, what letters she's referring to. These must be floating around in social media on Utah or something. Um, But she said that... uh, 
first of all, she's not sure how they know that their members are inactive because we're kind of all inactive right now. <laughs> but uh, good point. <laughs> she had seen these two letters floating around online that somebody must have posted that they got from their bishop. Um, and she said they were using fear tactics and shaming uh, to try to bring people back. And she just, you know. Because that's such an effective right. method. Exactly. She said there was like, one of them said something like, don't be like the 10 virgins, or don't be like the virgins in the gospels who didn't light their lamps. These are perilous times and you don't want to be caught without the gospel. Um, and then there was like shaming saying, we want to write you as friends. And then at the end of the letter, it said something like, come back and let us be friends again. Like, as if, oh, that like, makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Sign me we, up now. If we can't be friends unless you come back. Anyway, she just had written this opinion piece on how this is probably not the best approach. And okay, maybe those leaders need to go read what Elder Suarez and Elder Holland had to say. Yes. So <laughs> let's shame the leaders for not following their own leaders. Anyway, yeah. It was a very well written article. It was. And good, you know, her advice is, you know, let's just focus on the positives and let's ask ourselves, what can we as a church do for them instead of, you know, what, what can they do for us if they don't fit into this cookie cutter mold of yeah. activity and, and what we think is active and, you know, so it was a, it was a great article. That's cool. So. Okay. All right. Let's do a couple quick shout outs before we get into okay. our, our favorite things. Okay. First shout out. These are just like little quick ones, not really necessarily big articles. Uh, one that is floating around this week. I had seen this on the Salt Lake Tribune site is there is, there are rumors that possibly the Book of Mormon, the musical may be coming to a TV screen soon, just like Hamilton. Oh, so nothing is confirmed, but supposedly Josh Gad had put out a tweet in the past week saying a lot of people were asking him about Book of Mormon, the musical. And he said, yes, there is a tape that exists of the original cast performing it. And um, he hasn't ever seen it, but huh. it's out there somewhere. So that'll be interesting to see Well, if and that you, comes And you've got to wonder if it's a tape floating around. I mean, is it just like, hey, let's tape this? Or is it production quality the right. way that Hamilton was production quality? Oh, I'm assuming it would be production quality if they're smart. It would be. And well, if they're smart, but, yeah. Yeah. But, so, you, but I guess it would depend on what for what purpose the tape was made. Right, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if Hamilton did so great if this you know more of these musicals start to come out if that one will will members of the church react so if disney plus picks it up will all of a sudden members of the church go i'm canceling my disney plus subscription i don't know because you're showing an offensive musical that would be i I would that would i would love to see that would that would be a fascinating social experience because (laughs) members love their disney i know so you put you put the book of mormon musical on disney and you have really put them into a conundrum quite the dilemma about what do you morally do can we have that that would be some entertaining like covid entertainment there oh that would be like (laughs) just to see what happens seriously (laughs) exactly All right, so should we talk about some favorite things? Oh, sure. Okay. Do you want to go first or should I? I'll go first. Okay, you go first. My favorite thing this month is like nothing that new to anybody else. Probably everybody, probably 90% of people listening by now have already seen it. And that's just Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Okay, it was so good. I am the 10% who has not seen it yet. 
I meant to, I was going to watch it this weekend because my husband took the boys and went camping, but mm-hmm. go back, rewind to that earlier story that I was talking about being in a cleaning mood. You cleaned all I cleaned it. instead of watching Hamilton, well, but I've heard it's really good. You should have cleaned to some Hamilton music because it is good. Oh, <laughs> I cleaned to, po- I, I cleaned to some podcasts. I listened to Josie and Jeff's podcast. Then I listened to a podcast about, uh, the death of Selena, uh, the, the Ooh. Tejano superstar. I'll have to send you that Ooh, link. It was yeah. really good. Cause seriously, one of my favorite movies is the Selena movie where Jennifer Lopez was in it. I think I've seen that movie like a dozen times. That's a good movie. So, all right. Okay. What's your favorite thing this my month? My favorite thing is on a whim, we purchased an air fryer. So Darren and I had gone into the store because they had had these, we were in Macy's, the department store. They had had these amazing clearance prices on some enamel covered, um, smaller Dutch ovens, like seriously 20 bucks for a Dutch oven, you know, cause I gave you one. Well, we just like cleaned them out of their $20 Dutch ovens. Cause we bought them for like all our adult kids. And I had been thinking about an air fryer and he had two and he saw the mm-hmm. air fryer over there and we hadn't even talked to each other about that. And he's like, we should get an air fryer. And I said, yes, we should. So we got an air fryer. Okay. So we bought a bigger one. We bought uh-huh. a 5.7 quart one because I have a lot of kids. Yeah. I seem to collect them. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I need a big one. And I freaking love it. Really? It is so good. You know, it took a little messing around with to figure out uh-huh. the times and the temperatures to cook stuff. But like I literally went to the frozen food aisle and just started throwing bags of different types of potatoes in my cart. Uh-huh. I also got like frozen fish that are breaded and I haven't tried oh. them in there yet. But I also got like the square frozen fish for a sandwich. Uh-huh. And I think I'm going to try that for lunch tomorrow. Oh. But, um, you know, once you figure out the temperatures and everything, mm-hmm. like seriously, the fries taste just like you went through McDonald's. Really? It's amazing. And it usually only takes, you know, eight to 10 minutes uh-huh. on 400 degrees to oh, do so like fast. a little personal batch of fries. Mm-hmm. Here's the other interesting thing I have noticed. Okay. I love French fries. I'm an Idaho girl. I can't help myself. Uh-huh. You know, potatoes are in my blood. Um, like I seriously could, I just crave French fries. Like if I'm out and about and I'm hungry, I'm like, I want some fries. Uh-huh. It has cured that craving because I know I can go home and just pop them in my air fryer and they taste like I've gone through the drive through at McDonald's. And so it has actually cured me of craving French fries really? because it is, there's not a scarcity involved in it. Okay. It's, it's available at any time. I need to try the air fryer. I'm coming to your house. Okay. I had a friend of mine who said also she has not cooked a grilled cheese sandwich in it, but reheated a grilled cheese sandwich in it and said it's even better. What? Yes. And you can reheat pizza in it. What? I know. You can reheat like all of these things oh. in it that I'm learning about. It's almost like a toaster oven. It's almost like a toaster oven. Huh. Anyway, so... um I, I am, I don't know how I lived without this appliance, to be perfectly honest with you. All right. You. Well, I'm coming over. So you better you make need, me French fries. You need to come over and I will make you some French fries. And then you will come home and tell your husband, we're going to go buy an air fryer. <laughs> or you'll just get on Amazon and have it delivered. <laughs> All right. So. Okay. I think that about wraps it up for us for our July podcast. All right. Well, Twim Nation, thank you very much for joining us. As always, we've enjoyed being here tonight and sharing our thoughts and hopefully we didn't offend too many people. (laughs) Probably not you, maybe more me tonight. (laughs) 
In any event, um, you can find This Week in Mormons on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. If you want to talk to the Grand Poobah, email this weekend, email contact at thisweekinmormons.com and Jeff himself will respond, or so we've been told. Yes. <laughs> so thank you very much and good night. Bye. This Week in Mormons. This week in Mormons. This week in Mormons. The original Mormon News Podcast. This week in Mormons. Oh, 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 o